Welcome to episode 68 of the Underage Packers podcast. We are here to recap the Packers draft class and address the elephant in the room. Aaron Rodgers, uh, I know we're all just so excited with that story. Uh, I'm Joey, one of your co-hosts. Joining me, as always, my great co-host today, Big B. How are you feeling? Feeling good, feeling good. Some questions arousing, uh, arousing around the Packers' uh, upcoming season. Their star quarterback, uh, star is putting it lightly, Aaron Rodgers this Thursday, right before the draft. Uh, some big news kind of came out, I guess you could say, that he does not want to return for the Green Day Packers. Um, we're here to bring you the latest, our inside info, folks. Um, so let's uh, let's see what we know because there's so much analysts, there's so much guesswork that you can do on this. But let's just get down to what we know, the reports that are out there, but what we know is true. So, uh, okay, let, let's start off with this. There's a report that came out this uh, uh, Saturday that Aaron Rodgers wanted Brian Gutekind's fired, that it was either him or Gutekind's, and they had to choose between them. Um, A.J. Hawk is saying that that is false. Uh, he spent time with him at the Kentucky Derby uh, this past weekend. So that's a good sign. Um, Rob Domofsky was saying that he uh, he's had no signs that that is false, but, you know, I'll, I'll go with A.J. Hawk over that. AJ Hawk also uh, said some really interesting things that we'll get to a little bit later here, but um, kind of circling it back. Um, it looks like he, after some contract extensions that weren't working out, everybody knows basics of the story, but he was not happy with, with what they were offering to him. And I think the biggest piece that I was looking for up to that point was, okay, so what extensions did he deny? Um, and what is missing from that extension that he's possibly looking for? Is it more guaranteed money? Is it more years on the deal? Is it more uh, personnel? Whatever. But um, he denied a couple of contract extensions. Some For some reason, Mark Murphy, Brian Gutekinds, and Matt Fleur all fly out separately to California to meet with Aaron and uh, his agent, David Dunn. Um, so that's the basic. Aaron is not happy. He refused to talk about it at the Kentucky Derby, uh, to the media at least. And he has still not uh, addressed anything. He's not, at the very least, tweeted anything. And he said something that I, I have trouble buying. He said to Mike Tarico, he said uh, that he expressed a few times how much he loves Green Bay. He loves fans. He just loves the franchise. There's just an issue between management and the reigning NFL MVP. We're just not sure how this is going to play out, is what uh, Aaron said pretty much. And he said he was so disappointed that the news got leaked. Uh, I did not buy I've been talking for a while uh, about giving some news updates, but let's hear some of your thoughts, Big B. <laughs> There's just so much to unravel from this entire situation. I don't even know where to start. Mm -hmm. So let's start with uh, Brian Gudikins is getting fired, I guess, by Aaron yeah. Rodgers. <laughs> um, I just, I just don't, I just don't know if, I really just don't know about that entire thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like Aaron Rodgers is mad at Brian Gudikins a lot more than 
um, is being talked about. I mean, he let go of Jordy yeah. Nelson, didn't resign Cobb or Matthews, let go of Jake Kumaro because for some reason Jake Kumaro is a thing now back yeah. in 2021. So I think that's mostly why, mm-hmm. I guess. And the yeah. Mike Tirico story, I I feel like so many, I think he's Roger said something along the lines of that, but I feel like Tirico put a lot more in <laughs> that than he actually said. Pretty much doing what he's supposed to being in the media. Yeah, this is such a fight for attention from reporters. I'm not saying that it's all false, but like yeah. there's like every <laughs> single reporter is trying to get their own little bit. Um mm-hmm. You know, I would say the most trusted one is Tomalski. I mean, Rappaport and Schefter might have some bombs, but Tomalski's going to be closest to the situation. Um, Like you mentioned, he was mad at Gudikins for releasing these players that he loved or not retaining them. And that big one was Jake Kumaro. I know. It's so weird. And that thing that I just said a few seconds ago that we go back to of a fight for attention of reporters, Ian Rappaport phrased it as uh, somewhat as a last straw or the final blow to Aaron Rodgers' relationship with the team in the front office. And it's like, and it, that what? How long ago did that happen? Like two years ago? No, that was well. That was uh, this past last season year? where he didn't make the really. Finish. That was already last year. Oh my mm-hmm. god, it feels like ever ago. All right, carry on. My my arguments yeah. I buy, and I mean, he, he put it out there. He said, you know, a, a day after he praises him, Jake Kimbrough gets cut. I buy that he was unhappy. I have trouble believing, though, that was the final that he saw that Jake Kimbrough didn't make the roster, and he said, oh, you guys, how could you? I Like, this, this is it right here. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I get it, but, you know, I, I have, like I said, I have trouble believing that was the thing that made him snap. And it's, and it's not like Jake Kumaro is like the third string wide receiver that year either. Like he was like bottom of, of the depth chart guy who, of course, didn't make the roster and got yeah. beat up by a younger, um, more potential player in Malik Taylor. Exactly. Um, and and now let's talk a little bit about what this might mean for the 2021 Packers. If Aaron Rodgers not play, I guess let's first go over his options this year, because as Brian Gutekinds has stated, they are not planning on trading Aaron. If they stay true to that, uh, even past the June 1st deadline, uh, which I tend to think they will, Aaron Rodgers can either sit out, retire, or play for the Green Bay Packers. Um, and there, uh, I, I don't see a world where he retires. AJ Hawk said today there's zero yeah. chance he retires, um, even as a leverage move. Um, but to sit out, if you're Deshaun Watson, that makes sense. If you're Aaron Donald, that makes sense. If you're Aaron Rodgers, and I'm not Aaron. comparing the talent of the players, I'm comparing the ages of the players and the situations that they're in, if you're Aaron Rodgers, why do you sit out, not only wasting the year of your 30th, but an epiphany that I just came to me, why do you give them a chance to see what Jordan Love is? Right? I mean, why, why do you 
like, what are you doing to your, cause, you know, if they're not going to trade you this year, I mean, possibly they trade you after next year, but I, that does not make too much sense to me. You have a great offense in here. So if it's supposed even if you are really frustrated with the organization, um, play one more year. You have a, the best offense in the league. Play one more year. If they're not going to trade you, I find it foolish to sit out. Um, and uh, that's pretty much my thoughts on what's going on right now. And it's and it's not. And how do I how do I word this? Like, imagine if Brian Gudikins saying like, "All right, Aaron, I'm t- we're, t- we're tired of this. We want this complete. So we are not going to play Jordan Love in the preseason. We're just going to have you suit up and play both preseason games." And we'll just have Jordan Love sit the bench, and then we'll see what happens. God. Like that—that's just like the funny scenario I just thought of in my I, head. I don't know why I just thought of that, but I thought I should share that. Aaron holds out of camp, and there, and you, you know, he returns like, "Hey, Aaron, uh, we got our starting quarterback here." You know. Yeah. Um. Thanks, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the input on the personnel decisions, like uh, AJ Hawks day today. Uh, he reiterated that he was not happy with Jake Kumro. And you look back at some of the headlines that we've been getting ever since 2018 of him not being happy with some of the decisions they were making. Uh, I'll have this and then one more point, and then we'll get to the draft class. Um, like, you know, it goes back to possibly even Jordy Nelson. Um, I, he seemed to like Jimmy Graham, and they built a, spot, a special bond. It seemed even after Jimmy Graham's terrible play, but it goes back all the way to Jordy Nelson, where he's unhappy with these players that they're releasing. And look, I I can see both sides that a player is a player and he should not have, you know, his job is not to be have input on the personnel decisions. But when he's Aaron Rodgers, it's a special situation. And when you're talking about his wide receivers, um, but at the same time, I don't think he deserves I mean, sure, would it be nice, but I don't think he necessarily deserves anything he doesn't. Um, in my opinion, he doesn't have the right to be throwing a hissy fit over a practice squad of wide receiver. Um, and that's where it comes back to again. Look, I who cares if you're mad because they release Jake Kumro or Jordan Nelson? Play one more year with this great offense. And, and I'm going to add one more thing into this. Mm-hmm. I don't give a damn who you are. You could be Aaron Rodgers or let's say let's say Yoshin mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. You, you're a player. You shouldn't have say in what the front office does mm-hmm. at all. Like maybe if they're going to, I don't know, draft a quarterback or something. <laughs> okay, I'm not taking shots. Okay, I'm not taking shots at Jordan Love or anything. I'm just saying maybe that's like the one time – you call like Aaron Rodgers and say, "Hey, we're gonna draft this kid from Utah State or something." Mm-hmm. Of course, the Packers didn't do that, which I I think was a big part of this. Yeah, that's the problem with this. But like, and I'm glad I, you bring that up um, because that's what a lot of been people a lot of people have been saying is, "Well, why didn't you why didn't you let Aaron know?" Because everybody, oh. The Tampa Bay, they're so great. The Buccaneers, just so great of an organization that has managed to 
could have a catastrophe every year uh, before Tom Brady came and saved them. Um, you know, the great organization, organization of Tampa Bay, they, they let Tom Brady, the 45-year-old, know when they were going to draft a quarterback in the second round. Um, <laughs> and like the Vikings, the Vikings literally came out today and said they're draft, they we're going to draft Justin Fields, and they called Kirk Cousins to let oh, him know. Like, I feel like everybody now is coming what? out and just saying that just to stir the pot even more with Packer yeah. fans and the Packers front office to try to destroy them. I am very mad at this situation. We should probably move on before I start breaking something in my yeah. room. Okay, one more thing. I listened to Andrew Brand's <laughs> podcast uh, today, and he mentioned that. And he said, you know, what is the situation like in that draft room with Aaron Rodgers in 2005? is a little bit different. And with Jordan Love in 2021, it's a little bit different. Um, with Aaron Rodgers, I don't think they were expecting to get uh, him at 24. And But you know, Ted, he's going to look at every every possible player, and he did. Uh, and I don't think you need too much scouting to realize how great a prospect Aaron Rodgers was, projected number one pick. With Jordan Love, I mean, they can't resurface today. You know, Brian Goodkin stated it last year. But it resurfaced today that they were trying to cheer it up for Justin Jefferson and uh, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, those deals fell through, and they're like, you know, hey, let's still get someone that we like, and that's Jordan Love. And, uh, you know, people like to misread that as they traded up to the 30th pick or they traded up to the 26th pick before Justin Jefferson and uh, Brandon Ayuk were taken. No, they traded up to the 26th pick to take Jordan Love. Where I'm going with this and where what Andrew Brandt's point was, was how far ahead are they planning? They don't know if they're going to get this kid. Um, but it's like, you know, if you love a prospect that much that you're, you're thinking, you know, he's, he has a chance of being there. And if he is, we're going to trade out from. I mean, I, I do think that's something you, you might want to alert Aaron Rodgers about. But at the same time, it's like, okay. You know, you call Aaron, he's like, uh, I'm not okay with that. And you're like, all right, good talk. We'll see you at <laughs> camp, you know? Like, yeah. so I'm sure they could have done better on that, especially on Mark Murphy's front, who's been through this before. Um, certainly could have done better on that. All right. And and I'm going to, I'm going to, okay. Now I'm just, now I'm just resurfacing something else. So like what I said earlier about, like calling Aaron Rodgers, if you're going to trade up and select a quarterback, you should call your star player. But if you're just, yeah. if somebody falls to you and then you pick them, I don't think like, yeah, it's Aaron Rodgers should know. Yeah. Cause okay. I mean, you, you yeah. barely know, but yeah. Um, interesting. A lot of questions still unanswered, but uh, we'll have plenty of time to talk about that this off season. Now that we spent the first 15, 20 minutes talking about that, <laughs> What this might this might have to be a two-parter. Yeah, let's get to our 2021 Packers draft class, starting off with the first pick. Uh, 29th overall selection in a cornerback from Georgia, Eric Stokes, a speedy 4.25 40-yard dash. Um, I'm so excited for this. Getting a position of need. Um, Big B, what are your thoughts on Stokes? The man is fast. That's all. That's the first thing I'm going to say. Um, I think he's such, I don't, I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit of a reach, but I think it's still a 
phenomenal pick at 29. Mm-hmm. The dude matched up with Jair, I think might be one of the top cornerback tandems in like a few years. Like I hope Stokes turns out and Andy Herman said, um, was it yesterday? I think that it's kind of boring watching his college mm-hmm. tape because the quarterbacks don't throw his way just like Jair because he yeah. was so dominant yeah. in college. And that just got me really excited. Yeah. Uh, another piece to this uh, great defense with like, if Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage, uh, and now Stokes, if they can all hit their stride two to three years from now, you have the best corner of the game in Barry Alexander. That is looking scary right there. And then Kenny Clark, who's only 24, 25 years old. All right. Uh, I'm getting Rashawn Gary. Here. Yeah. Come on. Uh, I, I mentioned him with Savage, but yeah, I, with the reach, it, it does. It's, um, you never, he asks the question like, you know, are we drafting this guy just because of his speed over some other possible better corners? Um, Got to trust the uh, evaluation right now. In the second round, they uh, get Corey Lindsley's replacement from his alma mater, uh, Ohio State University, the Ohio State, uh, Josh Myers. Uh, I'm pretty excited for this. Um, they, I was planning on maybe a tackle in these first three rounds here, offensive tackle, but it all depends on how the board falls. Maybe they thought, look, it's better value to get a center right now, um, especially with that run of offense tackles in the 40s and 50s uh, right before they selected. Um, but Josh Myers is a very versatile piece in this offseason offense. You can never have enough big boys on the offensive line uh, Big B, any thoughts on Josh Myers? Um, well, when everybody was saying that this is a terrible pick for some reason, I don't know why they were saying that on Twitter. I was sticking up from boy Josh Myers. I love this pick. I think he's going to be a stud. And when you have Jake Hansen as your only center on the depth chart, that's kind of scary. So yeah. putting Josh Myers in there probably most likely is going to start day one. Just can't wait to see his progression in the NFL, and I'm so excited to see him develop. I think that's the same word, but I'll do it. I'll say it twice. Yeah, especially <laughs> uh, with those first few weeks with uh, David Bakhtiari out. If he can go in there and be a day one starter, that is absolutely huge um, to possibly yep. move Elton Jenkins out to left tackle. And then you have two great guards. Um, it would be absolutely huge if he could start with day one. Uh, round three pick 85, my favorite pick in this whole draft, not only because I predicted it, also because he's a great player, is Amari Rogers out of Clemson. Um, he said earlier this offseason that he'd uh, be very excited to play with the Packers, mainly because of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, oh, maybe he's not too excited now, um, but he fills a lot of roles in here. Tyler Irvin role. That gadget gadget guy in Matt LaFleur's offense, also punt and kick returner. Very fast guy at just 5'9", five, 5'10", five, range. Big B, what do you think of the wide receiver coming to the Packers? All right. I feel like I've said this about 4,000 times, but this is the first pick in a very long time that I've jumped in joy when, we, when I heard his name called. Don't know how many times I said that on, the, on here, but Mari Rogers – think is worth a third and a fourth round pick pretty much traded that yeah. fourth to move up and he fills so many positions like you said the Tyler Irvin role um, punt kick returner hopefully and maybe the slot move 
well, Marquez outside, put him in the slot. That would be so dangerous. And I just love it so much. And I'm so freaking excited to see number eight running out on the oh, field. Dude, when you look at his highlights, almost every single one of them reminds me of Randall Cobb uh, mm-hmm. winning the division in 2013. Like he has so many of those type of plays. Maybe not on a fourth down in the fourth quarter, but he has so many types of those plays where he just burns a guy, uh, maybe not with his speed, but just with excellent footwork and route running. Um, so excited for him. And I, and I don't know what it is, but every time, every time I see him run, he just has that movement of Randall Cobb. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm just psyching myself out or something, but every time I watch a highlight, like him juking out or his, DB, like I yeah. just reminds me of Randall Cobb so much. There's so many com- connections with him and Randall Cobb too. It's kind of weird. Like not only are they similar players, but like uh, there's some like you know, uh, his dad coached Cobb. Um, there's a lot of different connections there, so that that's really exciting. Um, let's get through these day three picks here pretty quick. Round four, they get another offensive lineman from Ole Miss, uh, Royce Newman. Her, uh, Looking at some reports today, looks like uh might take a year or two to be a starter, but you know the Packers, they love those upside uh picks and they love getting day three offensive line steals. Um round five, they get with pick 173, they get Kenny some help with TJ Slayton out of Florida, baby. I love those two picks right okay. there. Chunky, chunky boy, that oh yeah, that man is. He's very chunky. I mean, he's like influxing in size from 360 to 330. He slimmed <laughs> down over the draft process. Um, I'm so excited to have him here. Uh, he seems like really athletic, even for his size. Um, and just another body on the defense line that isn't uh, Tyler and, Lancaster. And he's wearing Gilbert Brown's number. So he's oh, a yeah. chunky boy and wearing Gilbert Brown's number like... <laughs> Gilbert Brown, I have to say, Gilbert Brown on the Cheesehead TV draft party was phenomenal. I mean, that was great. I yeah, like, it. like somebody said, I'd love to have a fireside chat with Lou, Lou uh, or Gilbert, quite mm-hmm. the character of the grave digger. All right, round five, uh, with their compensatory pick, they go with Shamar Gene Charles, cornerback out of Appalachian State. Uh, <laughs> seem excited for this pick. <laughs> I hated how you did that. Yes, I am very excited for this pick. This could, this is, I think this is the steal of the draft right here. Steal the Packers draft. Um, Shamar is going to be a beast. I don't know if that's how you say his name, but he is going to be a stud. I promise you. I promise oh, yeah. you. I'm uh, Eric Stokes and uh, Charles are both uh, two physical corners. Uh, so excited for that. Have some nasty on this team. And, round- uh, and I could really and I could really see him starting at the nickel and the mm. slot positions on the defense. I don't know. I don't know if day one, but definitely progressing into the season and definitely next year if we don't resign Janet Sullivan. Yeah, there's definitely some a lot more depth at cornerback at this point here. Uh, round yeah. six, they get their third offensive lineman, offensive uh, tackle guard, whatever you want to call him. All three of these guys are very versatile with Cole Van Lannan. Badger, hometown of Green Bay, Wisconsin. I mean, not only do I love every single offensive lineman took out there, but because he's from uh, Wisconsin, not only UW-Madison, but also growing up in Green Bay, 
Bayport High School, Green Bay Packers fan, Cole Van Landon on the team, baby. Um, any thoughts on the Green Bay homeboy? Well, he's from Wisconsin, so I automatically love the pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just think this is such a great pick. Dude, I don't when's know if the last gonna... time uh, a Wisconsin offense lineman was bad? Like, you know, you got Zach Martin, Joe Thomas, so many great players there. Um, and I also and, um, I saw some some somewhere saying that he could potentially probably going to play guard or something because his mm. arms are too short. Or maybe that was somebody else, but I'm pretty sure that was Cole. Yeah. Um, round six, Isaiah McDuffie. The linebacker. duffel bag, baby. The duffel bag. Uh, linebacker from Boston College. Uh, and would be uh, remiss, I'd be remiss uh, if I didn't bring up the special teams ability of a lot of these players here. Eric Stokes, a uh, returner, a gunner, uh, Amari Rogers, a returner. Uh, then you, Shamar, Gene Charles, Isaiah McDuffie. Uh, you know, McDuffie especially, I think, was almost purely a special teams pick. Um, yeah. And then in round seven, two pick 256, they ended off with a running back in Keelan Hill, a running back out of Mississippi State. Uh, any thoughts on those final two picks? Um, I hope McDuffie becomes a stud, stud so that I can just shout the, the duffel bag because huh. a linebacker's last name is, is McDuffie and his nickname is not going to be the duffel bag. I just don't get it. What are you even doing here? So the duffel bag right. is his nickname. I'm try to get, I'm gonna try to get that started because that's a yeah. badass nickname. Let's and get that Keelan, catching on, huh? Let's get that catching on. Yes, let's do it. And Hill, um, I don't know. I think <laughs> he could he could potentially make the roster. I don't know. Got a good camp yeah. battle with him and um, Patrick Taylor, who I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of. I'm on that Patrick Taylor hype train, choo choo. Mm-hmm. So gonna be fun to see in camp. Yeah, there's definitely going to be a competition for a running back three on the roster and then probably two camp bodies, uh, practice squad guys. Uh, and it really seems like Keelan, Kylan, whatever it is, uh, Hill, um, <laughs> Dexter Williams, and Mike Weber really all have similar builds, really muscular guys. Not quite an A.J. Dillon bulldozer, uh, but they're uh, they're not elusive, uh, elusiveness isn't their specialty. They're going to run through a guy kind of a uh, similar playing style to Jamal Williams, I guess you could say <laughs> the trade for Jamal Williams. Um, yes. All right. Let's do this here. Your favorite pick from each day, day one, day two and day three. I know, I think day one might be the hardest choice for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Day one's really hard. I think I might have to go with Eric Stokes. Ooh, that's like a hot the, take right there. Like the only pick that that day so i guess i'll go with eric stokes um day two i'm gonna go with josh myers and i because i know who you're going with so i'll be different josh myers stud gonna start day one like we said um and then day three probably gene charles just because i i really don't know i think it's an absolute steal he's like the 16th best corner yeah. in college or player in college last year according to pff so i think that's going to be a great 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 pick and i'm excited to see what he can do all right uh day one stokes obviously for me day two i love Mari rogers um day three 
TJ Slayton. Dude, I cannot wait to see him out there. Um, okay. What uh, What else uh, do you think, Big B, as far as position-wise, do you think they could have picked up in this year's draft? Hmm. I'll go first here, and I'll yeah, say – um, I'll, I'll go with um, another wide receiver. Um, also possibly uh, – another quarterback not only for insurance because we have no idea uh what the whole how the whole rider situation is going to play out but also just because of that uh practice squad guy like they always um tend to have uh brian gutkins mentioned in his post draft presser that he can't see them going into training camp with at least three quarterbacks on the roster possibly four um but what uh, but wide receiver you know you don't have anybody under contract after this year so would love have some other depth out there uh what position do you think they could have added would be um maybe a a punter maybe um i know they are i know they have two on the um roster right now with scott and um oh what's his um, face? um oh shoot that that's a very good question uh, yeah they did bring in somebody at the end of the year to prevent yeah, any COVID but, problems but, but, but we all know That's who we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, just bring in a punter, get more competition, maybe cut mm-hmm. that guy who we're forgetting our name of and have a, another <laughs> young guy in there. That's pro- probably the position, I would say. Yeah, I do like I, – I don't know how much I would change of this. I would love, I would probably prefer to get a defensive tackle lawyer, but it's like I don't know who I'd switch out. I don't think I'd trade – Josh Myers for a defense tackle in a weak class. Um, Let's end it off here. Rookie season starters. Who do you think, um, you know, I'm sure once we make it to the Super Bowl, a lot of these guys will have more of a role. Um, But who are some guys you think possibly day one will be on the Packers starting roster? Um, Starting roster. Well, I'm just going to say Josh Myers because I said it this entire episode. Josh Myers coming in with a very thin um, center depth right there because you only have Jake Hansen. I know Lucas Patrick come over, but I'm all about that. Uh, just depth, the true centers yep. get worried when there's like only like one or two there. So I love, love me some Josh Myers. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Eric Stokes. I think you can pretty easily beat out Kevin Keene. And even if he doesn't, there's plenty of role there. Um, Amari Rogers, I was going to go with him, but a lot of times with those running backs and even wide receivers, Matt LeFleur likes to kind of hold them back. Um, you know, Tyler Urban and Tavon Austin, they came pretty late in the year, but they were on the roster for a week or two before they got really adjusted to that. So it uh, depends on how familiar Rodgers is with doing that type of stuff. But, but, uh, but yeah. Um, Tyler Irvin and Tavon Austin had to learn the playbook and stuff. Yeah. Mario Rodgers has a whole spring yet so very point it's also something um all right so that's all we got for today um it's gonna be interesting uh a more interesting off season than we expected hopefully uh we're here ready to talk about um aaron Rodgers settling this disgruntlement with the packers front office here pretty soon but uh it will be an interesting and entertaining match to watch um, Big B, any final thoughts here today? Um, 
come back for our next episode because that's going to be episode 69. Don't that's going to be a very, very, very nice episode, if you know yep. what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, because it's our friend of the show, Dave Bakhtiari's member. Uh, yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. What, what were you thinking? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks everybody for watching uh, episode 68 of the Underage Packers podcast. Make sure you subscribe to this YouTube channel if you're watching on YouTube. Give us a good rating on Apple, Spotify, follow us there, and uh, check us out on all the social medias for all some great Packers content. Um, and as always, go Pack Go!